0: to The Sweet Spot on a Farm episode 49. If this is your first episode, The Sweet Spot on a Farm is a podcast about health and food. It's my search for an answer to how we can achieve healthy body and mind with the resources that are available to us locally. And I'm looking at what we can do to improve our health and what and how we eat to support it. I bring in some interesting guests who have a lot of valuable information to share and who can provide us with the tools we need to lead a healthy, happy lifestyle that is personal to each and every one of us. I talk to natural health and fitness professionals, organic farmers, food producers, therapists and anyone whose business and life's mission it is to keep the rest of us healthy. I ask them about their work, their passions and their lifestyles and I wonder what they like to eat and we share cooking tips and plant-based recipes we can all easily make at home. After the lockdown, we only started back with an episode four weeks ago, and I really hoped we would start back to fortnightly podcasts, but at first my computer had a very different idea and then the technology failure curse just followed me around for another week. So here we are two weeks later with a take two of today's episode And take two because I recorded this interview with my guests before and I won't bore you with the details, but due to an SD card issue, um, we had to do it again. Luckily, my guests are super patient and understanding and the raw chocolate tart I promised to them may have something to do with it too. Anyway, to make up a missed episode to you, I have two guests today and we are talking about recycling. And These two girls are super awesome, not just because they agree to talk to me twice within one week, but because they are helping their community with recycling. In Northern Ireland, a lot of our recycling is done by the city councils. Now, this means that only a limited amount of packaging and other items can be recycled. And our bins are still getting filled with many recyclable items that are ending up on a landfill. Susan and Danielle have decided to do something about it. And they will tell you how they're helping their community turn some of the waste into practical items and keep our environment clear of unnecessary rubbish. Enjoy! Hello, girls. Take two. <laughs> Take two. Let's go again. So. I really appreciate you doing this again. So, I'm sitting here in Susan's back garden, um, and it's sunny, and today's a really lovely day. So, um, Susan, Danielle, um, welcome to the sweet spot on a farm for a second time. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much for doing it. Um, I want to start um, with. A little bit about you because we're going to be talking plenty about recycling and your community work uh, within that area but I'd like to know about you and how you got into this how you got passionate about recycling so which one of you want to start
1: this is Danielle's because Danielle started me so yeah so I'm Danielle and I am at home most of the time with my two little girls
2: and I just decided that my news resolution was to recycle more so i did all the usual routes put as much as possible in the blue bin um and very quickly realized that most of the rubbish was crisp wrappers sweet wrappers biscuit wrappers which were not the children's all the time and then um, and then i looked into ways i'd heard about um one of the big companies said we're going to start recycling the crisp packets, there's a big demand I looked into it and realised that I could recycle um, crisp packets, so I started just collecting them up in our house and then realised well you can get money for charity so I started collecting them up and signed up to raise money for my daughter's school because silly things like books were just, they were old and tattered and they're not expensive but the schools just can't afford them so I thought well I can recycle and made some money, and then um, I happened to mention it to Susan and her husband, and I got loads of help, and we were a lot further on.
1: <laughs> so yeah, from from my point of view, what we're going to talk about is TerraCycle, which is definitely what Danielle got me into for her sins about about twelve months or so ago, maybe slightly more. Yeah. Um, but in terms of recycling generally, I grew up with. Recycling, I turned 40 this year, so I'm old enough to remember whenever um, all your rubbish went in one bin, and that one bin lived around the back of your house. And once a week, the bin men came around the back of your house and lifted your bin and hooked it into the back of a lorry. And it's very exciting. Whenever I was young enough, that the, the bin that the bin men had to carry turned into a wheelie bin. We, we were um Lisburn Borough Council at the time and it's very exciting we were one of the very first people to get a um yeah get a wheelie bin which still exists at my parents house I think it's the original bin Um, and then it sort of went from there so the next scheme or the first recycling scheme that came into Northern Ireland was cash for cans which is run by Bryson Recycling Um, and I can remember that coming in and I can remember us trying to figure out where cans were aluminium or steel whether they were magnetic or not and separating them out and being able to recycle that and then that progressed so that every house in northern ireland now can recycle glass and cans and paper and tetra packs and things like that so danielle then appeared on my doorstep telling me that i could recycle crisp packets I thought well that seems like a good idea and Yeah we've kind of taken it from there. So what we do is we, I say we, Danielle, is registered with TerraCycle which is a global company that recycles all sorts of things and the whole point is that it takes stuff that can't go into your council recycling Um, and we're kind of one of the local hubs in Northern Ireland so depending on the different streams of recycling, people drop off to us and we we pack it up, box it up and send it off to TerraCycle in England and they then process it and recycle it so what we're doing is turning waste whatever that might be into useful stuff which can't be a bad thing diverting away from landfill and as Danielle touched on if it's if it fundraises a little bit for local schools as well then even better That definitely sounds like a good
0: idea, although I'd be worried about that it would encourage me to eat more crisps. (laughs) (laughs) We're happy to provide an
2: excuse. We accept (laughs) biscuits as well and sweets.
0: Yeah, Wait. don't encourage me. <laughs> not encourage me. I'm, I'm trying to be good. By that doesn't help I'm, us recycling. I mean,
1: good for the environment, bad for your health. Yeah. Yes. That's
0: <laughs> not really good advertising for recyclers.
1: <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No, but uh, we, we are totally zero judgment because yeah. I would love to be able to sit here and tell you I never eat crisps and I never eat sweets and I never eat chocolate. But anybody who knows me personally knows that's not going to happen. I think what is more realistic is cutting down maybe looking at where the stuff is coming from so eating chocolate stuffed full of palm oil and processed sugar is probably not the best way to go Um, so trying to move away from that and then whatever is eaten let's recycle it so what it is that
0: um, is recyclable through TerraCycle that is not recyclable through our city councils
2: um, the ones we do at the moment we take crisp packets um, sweet and chocolate bar wrappers Um, there's a child's toy called lol surprise they come wrapped in bundles of crinkly plastic hard plastics and the other one we're on at the moment is hasbro toys they will t- we'll, they'll, we'll take bits of toys if you've got like an old connect 4 that's broken they'll take that back now and recycle the pieces um, and then there's a big whole other set that we actually have um, another girl, Claire, who helps us a lot with. So they take um, biscuit wrappers, Pringle tubes, popcorn packets, uh, contact lenses, toothbrushes, toothpaste tubes.
1: Uh, yeah, what pens, else? highlighters, things like <laughs> that. So there's a huge list. It's um, a big list. What we find <laughs> is within our group, we kind of encourage people to start with one or two things. Um to have a look in your bin and go right well what's what's the most common thing in here can that can that go right okay, well, let's start fishing that out and storing that separately um and then once you're kind of happy with that, then we go for the next thing and the next thing so to kind of get the word out there, but also to let people know what can and can't be recycled, we have a Facebook group called Terracycle east Belfast um and that's a really good place. Yes, to let people know what's going on like we've over 500 people in that wee local group now Um, and there's a lot kind of back and forth of people going what about this what about that Um, and it's also a chance for us to kind of push information the other way there's an awful lot of new schemes coming out Um, so we're still trying to get our head around well how do we cope with that with these tiny little niche schemes Um, one of the newest ones is cheese packaging. Um, so that came out during lockdown. Um, we definitely, definitely want people to wash their cheese packaging out before they consider bringing it to us. We don't really want moldy cheese packets, thanks all the same. Um, and they've very, very recently extended that to include little plastic nets that we individual things of cheese come in as well. Um, so it changes all the time. And what we find is Facebook is a nice way to do that because it means we can update it all the time most people are on it um, TerraCycle themselves TerraCycle UK have a really good website but it's hard to navigate um, so yes we can signpost people there but oftentimes you, you kind of people people will ask us questions and then there's a good network in Northern Ireland of other collectors so generally if we don't know um, particularly Clare and Banger, we can we can pester her with questions all the time. She, lo- she loves getting questions, I'm sure. Um, but we will ask her a lot of stuff and then we've got a bit of back and forth with uh, different streams and packaging going different directions as well. So it's a bit of a team effort and there's enough. You know, We're not gonna run out of this stuff anytime soon so we do kind of work together and collaborate and share with it. So since our
0: take number one yes. <laughs> a few days ago, And ever since you told me about the um, contact lenses, yes. So we now have a bag Mm -hmm. in our. Well, I say Stephen's bathroom because we have an ensuite and we have a main bathroom. But I use the main one, Stephen uses the ensuite because I'm OCD and I just can't deal with <laughs> man's version of clean bathroom. <laughs> but anyway, so I put a bag into his bathroom on a hook mm-hmm. and now he puts all his contact lenses oh, and the packaging in so there. Pleased. I raided his bin. I couldn't believe it. There was nothing else in the bin, but a whole pile of little, probably a month collection of See,
1: isn't it? it you yes. know that that doesn't happen in our house because we don't have contact lenses. So for us, it's something different. So for us, maybe it's toothpaste tubes, something like that is what's going to be our big thing, our big change. So I love it. You ah, know, you can find out there the it. kids' toothbrushes, because kids yeah.
2: go through a toothbrush one in a month. That's twelve a year. But we're now putting twelve toothbrushes into recycling and not into landfill. I dread to think mine are probably still in landfill from when I was a baby.
1: Yeah,
0: probably. somewhere. I actually there. There's a really good. Uh, there's actually probably few good companies that are making bamboo toothbrushes and toothbrushes with wooden handles. So they're actually easy to recycle and biodegrade, yep. which is amazing. I mean, yeah. there's there's things that we can do to help our environment with using things that are biodegradable. Or recy- I, I I love the fact that there is a massive buzz. Um, now going on where uh, different companies and individuals are developing biodegradable packaging you know Mm -hmm. things that could replace plastic packaging and cellophane Um, and it's incredible but The fact that we can now deal with stuff that we weren't able to recycle before, now there are actually ways to do that. I think that's incredibly important. And the fact that there are people like you around the country who help their communities to do this, so we essentially can help our land to get less burdened with all the landfill and the rubbish that we throw onto it that will yeah. take you know decades and decades before it even disintegrates, if ever. Yeah. Um, I think it's incredibly important. Um so you mentioned that it's a good thing to start with maybe just one thing. Yeah. Um and Danielle, I know that you have kids. Um do you have any suggestions yes. what people can do to sort of start off their families with recycling, are there any tips and tricks to get children involved in in recycling schemes and separating household rubbish?
2: Yeah, so in our house we have a little box that sits in the corner and my children know they put all the normal blue bin stuff in there, they put the cardboard, they put their um, fruit shoot bottles and that, they all get put in. But we started off with just crisp packets so every time they had crisps they put the packets into there Anytime um, anything else I always just got them to put it on the worktop and I separated it but they slowly started to knew, know what was next so after that it's like right for your sweet wrappers and then um, most of the other things it's usually popcorn in our house But so they learned if they weren't sure they leave it on a, on the worktop and then I separate it but they're getting really good now, they come up and ask do you want this recycled or put in the bin so it's really nice. They come and ask me and they tell their friends. So if we're out and about and they've all got crisps, I get handed everyone empty crisp packets. I haven't since the virus has come out because I've refused to take them. But prior to that, I would have just been handed. When the kids went to play, I would have got handed what was basically their rubbish. But I loved it because they could bring at home and I could get it recycled. And that might be a while but until this virus has gone before I will um, allow them to all hand me rubbish again. But my children are allowed. But it's things like that they know, and they're telling their friends, and I've actually been out to um, my daughter's school and spoken to them, and I've been to her rainbows group, and they've they enjoyed seeing, and they went home and then told their mummies, right, we've got to collect our empty crisp packets. So they said they had to, they don't have to, but that was them, that's the little rule that they've learned, and they knew, we we were able to explain sort of the long-term impact, which they'll see we may not, so they teach each other as well, which is really good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think that is really important because, uh, I mean, certainly when, when I was a child, I would rather be told what to do by my peers than my parents. (laughs) <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> if another child told me that such and such thing is a good thing to do I would at least consider it if it was a parent telling me that nah <laughs> yeah, <you're right. laughs> so um, yeah I think it's great that kids are um, once they get enthusiastic about something like that it's really important because they can definitely influence their peers
1: and there's a massive appetite for it like we have tied in with the Conswater Community Greenway um because we live local to that. In fact, so local, you're probably gonna pick up background noise from the Cones Water Community Greenway. So they've been fantastic supporters and probably a year or so ago, um, we attended, a, a, it was probably their summer fair or autumn fair, or eco fair or something, um, in a marquee where there was lots and lots of stalls. And they invited us to have a wee stall and I thought, well, fair enough. But uh, my main objective for the afternoon was to go and buy some nice fresh veg and some nice hot chocolate and some nice sardo. And I was all set to go and do this. I thought I'll maybe talk a bit about recycling, but sure, nobody's going to be that interested, really. And we set up our wee stall, and we had a couple of boxes. And just before I went to go and get my hot chocolate, somebody came along, and I went, "I'll talk about terracycle to you." And while I was talking to them, another person came along and Danielle was talking to them and then another and another and another. And we did not stop for the entire length of the fair with people asking questions, bringing stuff to us, asking what about this, what about that. And I was just blown away by the level of interest and enthusiasm that people had. Um, So we've done that, I think, three times since, including on a very cold, very wet uh, Christmas market, and people still come and people still come so it it's really been a big help to us because what we are doing is supporting the local community um, even you know, Belfast city council have seen what we've been doing and recognized what we're doing as well because again, it ties in with them okay it's it's not a massive volume of of rubbish in the grand scheme of things, but it's still diverting away from landfill. Um, and they really are open to okay, how could we do this in the future Um, Belfast City Council partner with Bryson Recycling now, most of the councils in Northern Ireland do um, to recycle household waste either through boxes or bins so maybe something like this would be a next step for them they're certainly starting to look at it the scalability of it is, I do not know how you would do it um, because the, the schemes and the projects are so specific and so product specific um, but even starting those conversations is a really exciting thing to do um, interestingly the, the cash for cans scheme that I mentioned that Bryson Recycling started way back when um, the guy who started that scheme who brought that scheme into Northern Ireland still leads Bryson Recycling now So it's someone that's truly passionate about what they're doing, knows it inside out. Um, So, I mean, certainly what we're doing isn't solving every problem that there is, but it's a little bit, and it's a little bit that we're really excited to do and spread the word. So the schemes like
0: uh, cash for cans, actually, I believe there are different schemes like that uh, or similar to that, uh, that are run by local schools. Would that be right? Yeah, That schools around sort of fundraising through recycling schemes?
2: Yes, Bryson Recycling still do the cash for cans, so if you can get enough, you take them up, they pay you your 60p a kilo. So it's a good way for s- charities to raise money, and it's still being recycled, so you can either put it in your blue bin or you can keep them. So one of the charities I work with, we, we collect up the cans because that money could make a small difference to their outcome at the end so as long as people are willing to separate it and to store it then it's a good way for children as well to sort of start the recycling process I think it's one of the earliest things I would have seen was the cans. I think
0: cash for cartridges is also a thing yeah and I remember um, I don't know whether it was ever done here but I remember in the Czech Republic for years um, schools were collecting you know the plastic cups from plastic drink bottles. Oh yeah, yeah. Um that. so they were collecting that. Oh, this is a very big bumblebee. <laughs> 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 Just, oh, <laughs> the juice of recording outside. You yep. see all sorts of things. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, look at the size of it. It's like a flying elephant. <laughs> 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 um.
1: <laughs> what, what was I talking about?
0: <laughs> yes yeah, so we were collecting, and they did They wanted separated colored ones from white ones as well, which was quite specific. Ah, okay. But um, yes, yeah, so I remember my. Whenever my grandmother was still alive, we were doing it for my sister's children's school. And we would be. My gran had boxes and boxes of like, mm-hmm. plastic, plastic cups from because it was. Uh, they would accept the plastic cups from, um, like milk cartons and things yeah. like that, and kefir cartons and buttermilk cartons or whatnot. So we would collect those and then bring it to my sister and she would take it to school. Um, and I think where my cousins were small, they did the same thing. And um, I can't remember what my segment schemes with we did in our school. I think it was metal. And um, it's, it's incredible. So schemes like that have probably been running for years, but now it's gone into such scale and it's really great to see. And
1: um, the thing is as well, like we're talking about recycling it's recycling's not going to save the world it's kind of the last resort so we've got refuse reuse recycle there's a lot more Rs than that but that's the kind of three common ones and that's absolutely the way to go about it so where we can refusing plastic particularly single use plastic is the way forward reuse where we can and It can be difficult like we're all sitting here drinking coffee right now and that's difficult in the current covid environment because a lot of places are using single-use um coffee cups and utensils and things and it is challenging but then what can we do about that well we can first of all ask the cafe will you start taking reusable stuff again And do you know what? Actually a lot of cafes started doing the thing that you can bring your own cup.
0: So like the mug you're holding, Daniel, or the stainless steel cup I'm holding, you can actually bring that to some coffee shops and they will fill that for you. Um, Which is amazing because that saves, you know, that saves so much waste. And um, they also sell like a lot of shops and a lot of cafes would sell um, similar mugs and like bamboo mugs and whatnot and um, to encourage people to use those instead of requesting yeah. takeaway cups
1: mm-hmm. um, yeah and i'm a big keep cup person but say at the minute the amount of places that won't take it because of covid they they just won't take stuff off you so then the knock-on effect of that is well instead of having a takeaway coffee every other day maybe it's once a week now because i know that's my my way of refusing or at least reducing is not have as much of it like i was with i went to a cafe with my friend last week and she refused point blank to buy anything because they wouldn't use a reusable cup she's like well that's fine you don't have to but then i'm not going to buy so that's her way of reducing entirely so it's yeah i guess what i'm saying is recycling's not going to solve it but there is still a huge amount of waste out there being generated and this is a pretty good option. A very good option to keep it out of landfill because we're very good in general at thinking out of sight out of mind. Um, you sort of think, right, well, it goes in the bin, don't have to think about that anymore. But um, we do. You know, It doesn't take much looking on the internet to see that throwing something in the bin is not the end of the problem. Um, it's going to go somewhere and it's going to stay somewhere forever Um, so if we can reduce that a little bit through whatever means by recycling, by raising money for charity, even better, then happy days. So we're happy to you know, we're voluntary doing this. I dread to think how many hours we put into it. Let's not think about that too much about it. Well actually let's
0: think about that
1: because (laughs) (laughs) because I'm really
0: interested in so what happens you guys mentioned you have a Facebook group where people can find out the answers to questions They may have
1: mm-hmm. where yes. they find out
0: what's recyclable what they can separate you mentioned different schemes So take me through the whole process. How does this whole thing work step by step? What first thing and um, How exactly do these schemes run? Is it is it one scheme per month or how does it work?
1: so I'll tell you about our current situation because that's what we're going to be in for the foreseeable future. Um, We have a quite specific drop-off system. So I live in East Belfast and my house is the drop-off point right now. Um, And I organise one drop-off a day. That's all done through the Facebook group and in any particular week we, we currently have three boxes that sit out the front of my house for people to drop into, pre-arranged only one of those boxes is always crisps, because crisps are by far our biggest, um, our biggest volume of stuff and Danielle has all the facts and figures which she'll tell you in a minute, because I can't remember them mm-hmm. um, But so one is always crisps and then we run two bonus boxes a week um, and they change every single week so, for example, at the minute, we're running the LOL Surprise, the, the dolls stuff that Danielle talked about, and we're running bread bags. So, every day this week, somebody's arriving at my house with one, or two, or all three of those things pre-sorted, and they drop it into the boxes in my house. We build that up over a week, and then we uh, compact it into bigger boxes and send it off to TerraCycle. Um, and we've kind of found that that works it means that the individual rather than us is storing and separating their stuff at their house and the big advantage of that for us is because covid is here we really don't want to be handling what is essentially litter um from other people's houses if we don't have to so people have been fantastic at separating it flattening it getting rid of all the wee crumbs and all the wee bits and pieces in it which means that we can really quite easily compact it and s- tape it up and send it off to England for, for further processing. Um, we're limited for space. You know, We do this from our own houses. It's not like we have a massive storage facility somewhere. So having people have their little stores at home and then dropping off once a week, once a fortnight, it works, it keeps it sustainable, keeps it means we can keep going. Because for whenever COVID started, we had to stop, and we took nothing in for what about three months. It's just been really good to be able to get started. People have been amazing at supporting us. Um, we are busy. Like for the past two weeks, we've had drop-offs every single day. Um, so there's definitely support, and and yeah, people are people are taking this on board and keeping us going, which is which is great. So how how did this? function
0: before the covid did you just take because i know you had drop-offs in different places mm. I, I know i was dropping stuff at wildfoot and um, you had a uh, drop-off box at dash and splash that you yeah. always brought in then took it, out, <laughs> took it out people would fill
1: it up i just torture people wherever <laughs> they they <go>. <laughs> Anna, <that laughs> was the rubbish. way. Is it? <laughs>
0: it's such a random demand giving a rubbish <laughs> <it's so
1: good. laughs> Yeah,
0: but it got
1: me noticed, right?
0: <laughs> sounds a bit like really
1: weird fetish to be honest. <laughs> no. I want her
0: crisp wrappers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> really weird. Um, yeah, so before COVID, we had one very public drop-off point, which was at Loopland Pharmacy on the Castlereagh Road. And people could drop off there. And whenever we started, maybe every few days, we would have gone in and emptied that box, and it would have been kind of mixed recycling in it. And then it got to here we better empty this every day to them emptying it for us several times a day. It really t- it really got popular. Um, now that drop-off point is closed because we can't have people bringing stuff in and out of a pharmacy right now. It's just not going to work, which is why we have this interim arrangement going on. Um, but yeah, when Blue Plan Pharmacy has been amazing. They've been such a good support to us because they don't have to do this what they do and that's what I mean about the community side of things, like people really do get behind it uh, and then yeah, Danielle talked about the, the parents at school giving her crisp packets or wherever I went um, studios that I teach in I would have boxes and all my clients would bring me stuff and Wildfoot that I went to, Dash and Splash that I went to you get a reputation very quickly as oh, she's the one takes the crisp packets <laughs> Look, She's the rubbish lady <laughs> <laughs> So yeah and then people do start off kind of the first couple of times they drop off they go oh I didn't eat this all myself you know <laughs> as, they, as they drop it off to you and then it kind of goes from there and then they they start gathering it It kind of grows because people then gather from maybe where they work or from their partner or from their family and it grows and grows and grows from there so for example when I started at Dash and Splash and leaving the box you know some weeks we didn't get anything some weeks we got a wee bit to just before we finished for lockdown every week it was that full box was full I had to get a bigger box carry it around with me because it you know people were getting involved so it is good to see and we can't do that now but it's working with people dropping off to us Do you know I just remembered something whenever
0: you started doing the TerraCycle at Wildfoot I would the first week I would pretty much fill it with my um, celery <laughs> wrappers. <laughs> yeah, I buy a lot of organic celery. <laughs> and, um, and you then pointed out to me that these vegetable wrappers are actually recyclable through Asta in Bangor. Yep.
1: yep, um, yep. Not through so us at all. That's also what I said to you. <laughs> <so> <laughs> was, was stop giving me your t- celery wrappers. <laughs> <laughs> and other vegetable wrappers.
0: <laughs> Some weirdo juicing <choosing> celery there. <laughs> and, um, so we started collecting those at home, and I checked out what Asda can recycle. I think you actually sent me a picture of the list what Asda recycles. And we started collecting it, and within like a week, I was mortified at the amount of vegetable packaging. And that's me mainly shopping at Helens Bay Organic, mm. where there is no packaging whatsoever. But once a week, we sort of have to top up when because we, we are massive vegetable eaters, and so we have to top up on organic veg through supermarkets. And it's all packed, it's all wrapped. yeah. And then you end up with this, and it's not just, it's like nuts and seeds and all the superfoods that we are eating, and some of it comes in this clear plastic that now is actually recyclable Mm -hmm. through the shop. And within like a week, we collected a small box full of these. And then in two weeks it was a bigger box, and then in a month we had like four full bags, like big bags of all this, where I was like, where is this coming from? And then, <laughs> the first time I first trip to Asda, I was standing there for half an hour feeding the <laughs> 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 with like my about two months collection of... <laughs> uh, luckily for me it was empty, it wasn't <laughs> when I was leaving. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then during during the lockdown it was particularly challenging because um, so, we emptied like a, a big um, section of our spare room wardrobe where we were stuffing all our plasticky, clear plastic wrappers for Asda. And then after the lockdown, I was mortified. I had to take it one bag at a time because I knew everybody would be doing that. So, and every time I landed at Asda, the thing was full. So, yeah. I had to like use the force of my arms to kind of push <laughs> everything in just to fit my little, well, not that little <laughs> bag of. Um, it took me a few trips to actually get rid of our lockdown
1: um, I'm so proud though that you did it and <laughs> but that's what I mean about having that little community because you didn't know that was there yeah. so we do share these odd little things as well do
2: in Notnagoni have um, a plastic drop off as well really? yeah it's between the cash machines and the trolleys it's well hidden, I had to search um, so do they do the same thing? Did yeah, do the
0: plastic stuff?
2: Uh, yeah it was fun during lockdown because you had to stand in the queue mm. that snaked all the way around to the closed mcdonald's yeah and then stand and hold everyone up while you shove the plastic <laughs> we did the shopping but they they take the likes of um the toilet roll wrappers and kitchen roll if you like we still use those and things and all the, that sort of plastics can go in well, as well and your bags for life if, if then if the life's done
0: um, the bags for life. Yeah, bags for life that are now
2: <laughs> dead. Yeah, uh, plastic bags. But the, the lights of the supermarkets when they had to do home deliveries had to use a lot of carrier bags during lockdown. So a lot of them, there's local charities that will take them food banks. But if not, the lights of the Tesco and even the ASDA get them shoved into there and they are recycling them.
0: Apparently, oh, it's so amazing that supermarkets are getting involved in recycling. what's essentially their own. Rubbish. Yeah. I mean yeah. just returning although mind you, I hope nobody from Asda is listening. Most of my rubbish in Asda is actually from Sainsbury's.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but Sorry. then you can But
0: you know what? Sainsbury's <laughs> don't do this and I think they should because yeah. they're a massive culprit as well. Yeah. And they've been I know they've been getting a lot of um emails from customers, you know, complaining about this and I'm um, one of them I sent them email multiple times to let them know look guys I love the fact that you're selling so much organic vegetables, that's much appreciated. But do you really have to use all this packaging that's not recyclable? Like, either can you provide us with some sort of recycling option? Because this, this is not acceptable, yeah. filling the landfill
1: mm-hmm. with so much packaging. Yeah. No, it's. I went to. It was a couple of years ago with the Northern Ireland Science Festival. The headline talk was to do with climate change, and then the very, very headline one was to do forgotten her name, but she presented the Drowning in Plastic documentary that really brought this to public attention. So we're talking probably two, three years ago at this stage. Um, But she, her, her thing was, well, two things. One was do something. So don't sit there in action, you know, feeling that you have to do everything. You don't have to do everything, do something. And she suggested that when you're doing your shopping, in the supermarket, may not work in Covid times, but um, stand at the tills, take it out of its packaging and hand it back. You don't have to be rude about it, often if you say hi can you take this, the staff member will go yeah and take it back. So now Tesco or Sainsbury or Asda has to dispose of it and not only do they have the hassle of disposing of it, but they have to pay by weight for their waste disposal so suddenly they're having to pay for it and let's face it these these companies work on financial benefits so if they're feeling the financial pain of having to process and get rid of this rubbish that is what will drive the change and you can see it so was it at the start of this year um tesco took the multi-pack wrapping off cans so no like four pack of beans or something like that um they stopped that, so whereas you would have bought you could buy a single can of beans, for example, or you could buy a four pack which would be a bit cheaper, but it would be wrapped in plastic, same product, just plastic wrap um they changed their rules and said, well, we're not doing that anymore. you can still buy your four cans for cheaper, but you don't have to buy them in your plastic wrap anymore, and that kind of move is massive because that's you know the the can't remember the figures for the volume, the tonnage of plastic that goes into just shrink wrap, but it was spectacular, and I just love to see yes our little wins, but also the big wins from corporations changing their their thought process. But no, yeah, Danielle knows the Danielle knows our numbers. It's not it's not tons and tons, but it's it's over fifty kilos anyway. To so, um, fifty kilos of what? Of crisp packets. Yeah. So over since we started what 18 months ago so, or whatever it is
2: it's okay. so in 2019 so from the january when i first decided to follow through on my new year's resolution um we've done 53 kilograms of crisp packets in 2019 alone were saved from landfill and recycled and then the sweet wrappers which we did in 2019 was seven kilograms but that's a lot of sweets, just the wrapping, like the likes of your Christmas tubs, if you keep not quality street, but if you keep all the wee wrappings, it's amazing how many of them to make up seven kilos, and that and was like, just in one year. What,
0: quarter of a gram <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> even each?
2: Yeah, and then this year, so far, we've got 45 kilograms of crisp packets already sent away, and there's another eight to ten kilograms that have come in over the last few weeks, because we have to have a minimum weight before we post. 'Cause they try and save on um movement. I don't know. Yeah, what carbon is. footprint for all carbon them. footprint for moving it around the country. It's fine for us to collect it here but they're not gonna do little bits. They need to be efficient. Um, so yeah, we're already uh, and that's with the lockdown, that's with us stopping, we're already at about 55 kilograms this year alone.
0: And it's not even nine months no. into mm-hmm. the year yet that is incredible. So... she's how many crisps do you have to eat to do that? Because each crisp packet is what? It's not even five grams no. it's like what, three There's
2: grams? 400 crisp packets per kilo but if, if, like we're a family of four and we could quite comfortably go through 12 packets in a week so those 12 packets if we do that and then Each of the children in school is doing that because even if it's just the weekend snacks, it still runs up quickly. It doesn't take that many people, and all of a sudden, you've got a kilogram of crisp packets. So, so far, we are over 100 kilograms out of landfill just between our crisp packets and our sweet and chocolate wrappers. And we're only one very, very small group doing this. Like, as Susan mentioned, like Claire in Bangor, she takes. So many other streams, we've passed them on to her, but she was at two hundred kilograms last year. Just her, so that's three people, and we've saved three hundred kilograms from landfill. Which
0: this is 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 a lot. Part of me (laughs) is absolutely mortified at how much crisps people eat. (laughs) That's just like, (laughs) well, that's a given. I mean, we know. That's just yeah, uh, but another part of me is like this, this. is incredible how much waste you've actually saved from going into the landfill. This is incredible. What are they? So what are they doing? So this is another step. So what happens? You you collect all this essentially rubbish from 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 people. Yeah. You send it off to TerraCycle. Um, I suppose now you don't have two people separate it for you. I imagine that before the pandemic you would probably have been sitting for hours and hours separating people's rubbish yeah. Yeah. So yeah don't
1: miss that <laughs> <None more. laughs> don't miss that at all
0: grateful for the lockdown <laughs> well some One of it was genuine goodness.
2: rubbish like we don't we didn't want yogurt pot lids
0: so many of those came in it's like ugh, someone's probably licked that see this is another thing actually that we, we, <laughs> we collected years ago i remember my granny were putting them separately because there was a scheme nationwide um recycling aluminium Mm-hmm. so all these yoghurt lids and, and aluminium mm-hmm. foils if, were cleaned and, and put into recycling and they would recycle it it was incredible, but I suppose it's obviously separating the rubbish so now you don't have to separate the rubbish anymore you yeah. sent it off, mm-hmm. what
1: happens to it when it's sent off? Um, so we kind of have to go on what TerraCycle say on their website so depending on the type of plastic that it is, they can melt it or shred it or pelletise it essentially process it and they turn it into something else. So their something else can be uh signposting or um kids play furniture, picnic benches, help me out Danielle. What water else do we
2: <laughs> Watering cans and the sort of the bins. Like I think they make the water butts and compost bins out of it. So and you can p-
0: buy
1: all this on their website, right?
2: Yes. You can.
1: This is incredible. So it's downgraded plastic. So it's not like you're turning a crisp packet into a crisp packet, um, but so it's not ideal, but it's stopping using fresh oil to process into this stuff, so it's got a use, it is turning into something, um, and saves out a landfill, so that's okay. This is pretty
0: cool. Yeah. So, and a lot of the schemes would have been run from school, so you're essentially having kids at schools recycling. And then turning it into something that the school
2: can use. Yeah. So um, quite a lot of the schools, there's a sort of a green eco club that the schools can join and they can win awards for. So quite a few teachers came to speak to us to say, how do we get involved with this? And we had to say, well, you need to pass it through us at this stage. But a lot of the schools then sort of said to the children, we're going to collect. And they would. So if they had a big event, we would get just a sack of crisp packets would come to us. If they, um if the schools were ready, so we're still trying to reach out to a few more of the schools to see, but we at the moment don't want to go in any schools, but whenever it's safe again, we'll start reaching back out to them but it is it's definitely like my my youngest is three, and I am so proud that the first question she asked me when she's finished something is, "Mommy, can I recycle this i I love that my three year old ask me if she can recycle something because that's how it's got to be in the future it's got to be that the littlest ones teach the rest of us and so it's really it's getting more and more kids in is the hard part now
0: absolutely and i'm kind of still hoping that in the future however distant it may be we don't actually have to recycle because all the packaging will be biodegradable that would be the ultimate um Mm -hmm. and compostable even even better the ultimate goal everything to be compostable that yeah. would be lovely and I, and I know I actually listened to before the lockdown I was listening to um program I think it was on BBC radio uh, about two uh guys somewhere in England one of them scientist one of them a farmer and they were talking about how they're currently testing uh compostable packaging so they're currently having it in the compost And the next stage is to test what it does in the compost, so whether Mm -hmm. it releases any unwanted chemicals that would essentially pass on something that may not be great for the soil in terms of growing edibles, um, or whether it's completely (laughs) safe uh, for the environment and to grow food Mm -hmm. in it. So um, it it would be really interesting to to see the results, and it it may take a few years before all this comes out, because, you know, compost heaps, it takes a long time to properly rub down, <laughs> and then you have to carry out the test. But it would be really interesting to to find out because mm-hmm. compostable packaging. I think that's definitely the ultimate goal. If
1: mm-hmm.
0: something needs to be in packaging,
1: there is. Yeah. This is certainly not my area of expertise. It's, but it is a, it's a bit of a minefield because, um, you know there are EU directives, that say or countries have signed up to say that they want to be um get rid of single-use packaging by a certain date in the future, not in the very distant future it's quite quite soon um, but then you enter this minefield of biodegradable, compostable uh, recyclable and there's a large amount of greenwashing that goes on in there as well um, and even compostable what you as a gardener would know was compostable as compared to what somebody labelling something as compostable so you can have stuff that is labelled compostable but it has to go into an industrial composter um, because it has very specific conditions on pressure and temperature it has to reach which you and your back garden are never going to reach so every so often you'll see people online say I put my compostable stuff in my compost and I opened up my compost bin two years later it's still looking at me <laughs> 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 because In their mind, it should be fine, but it's not. It has to go to something that's going to reach mammoth temperatures to compost down. So it is something of a minefield that I am definitely not qualified to talk about, but it's... We've probably heard of greenwashing. And that's something I think we're going to have to be more and more aware of um, as time goes by. I think in terms of packaging and labelling packaging, there needs to be much tighter regulation of what people are allowed to say what symbols people are allowed to put on things essentially if people can just at the minute they can say environmentally friendly or they can even literally put green dye in it it's enough for people to think sometimes that it is better for the environment it's not necessarily so there's a lot of good people doing good things like you talked about but there's also a lot of people out there that are trying to make it seem like their stuff is yeah. better when it's not. It's like food guidelines isn't it? It's, it's, it's the same
0: thing like labels on foods labels on packaging, there, there are always going to be companies whose main aim is profit and they don't care about the environment, they don't care about the health of their consumers, they just care about profit and that's just that's. I guess that's unfortunately in the human nature and there's not much we can do about it
1: apart from ranting about it, which I do do very often. Yeah, I can do that too. Because you'll see, um, we talked about disposable coffee cups, sometimes they will say, or often they'll say on them, recyclable. But if you read the very small print, it'll say recyclable where facilities exist. Yeah. So most, if not everything, is theoretically recyclable. And
0: you know they rarely do, because I only learned that a couple of years ago, that actually those paper cups, they're not paper cups, they put plastic in them. Mm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so it's a massive industry right now to look at more biodegradable solutions. Um, I think we all can remember when McDonald's changed to paper straws and outcry because you couldn't drink your milkshake without it turning to mush. <laughs> uh, so yes, we've got to have um, more environmentally friendly solutions, but they've also got to work. So there's no point if it, if your package is going to disintegrate before you get your product home. Um, so trying to get the chemical stuff of that right is, yeah, it's nearly like the holy grail of packaging I think. The trouble with plastic is it works, so it's yeah. pretty cheap and it does keep stuff fresh and you can make it see-through so you can see your nice product through the plastic. Um, and you can mould it and shape it and seal it and do it. amazing the stuff you can do with it. But the trouble is it might only do that for a short period of time and then it's here forever and that's the message to try and get across, is we can't just forget about it. I mean, this will just give you an example of maybe how I need to possibly get out more, um, but Kleenex, who make disposable tissues, they had a little plastic insert in their, in their box of tissues, and they've taken the little plastic insert out, they only put it, you know, put it in 20 years ago or something, Um, and it was sealed to seal the whole box shut and they've now taken it out and perforated the thing Um, and their outside wrap of their twin packs is now also recyclable with what Danielle was talking about with the carrier bag recycling Um, so there's another little win but I was so excited whenever I saw that brilliant that's another bit of plastic we don't even have to think about Um, and it's coming in cardboard packaging which is easily recyclable. Well to be perfectly honest I don't think it's
0: um, it's it's feasible to think that we can get completely rid of plastic. Yeah. It's just not, not going to happen. And I think I talked about this with uh, John McCormack on, uh, uh, on on the podcast, and that uh, we did a while back when we talked about this as well. And and I think he's right. There's it's unfeasible to completely get rid of plastic. It's yeah. not going to happen. But what really needs to happen is what we are talking about now, and that's alternatives. Yeah. You're gonna have plastic have plastic that is reusable, recyclable, compostable um, you know biodegradable, just something that is not going to sit on a landfill for the next 100 to 100 years yeah.
1: I mean in a healthcare setting for example having plastic and single use plastic is amazing, you know we live in an environment right now where we can go and have single use syringes, we can have single use um, Whenever you're in surgery, a lot of that stuff is going to be single-use plastic to keep a feel sterile, and it's, it's amazing, it's fantastic that we can do that. But does that mean that everything, you know, does that mean our knife and fork that we get our takeaway food with has to be made of plastic as well? Probably not, that's probably where you can make the change.
0: There's actually, you're talking about medical environment, and I, I really wonder, latex gloves, like all these gloves that yep. Um all professionals, be it hospitals uh, private clinics uh, wellness industry, you know you know beauty industry, mm-hmm. they all have to wear gloves to be in contact with their clients now,
1: yeah,
0: all these gloves are they going to end up on a landfill? can we recycle them? This is actually mortifying because I went um whenever things starting to open up I went. Um, I hurt my back on a farm and I went for a month I did a weekly physio and the lovely therapist um, they were keeping everybody safe but between two clients she would have used five pairs of gloves
1: yeah um, TerraCycle I'm reluctant to say this TerraCycle do have a glove recycling scheme it's not something we're ever going to have, I don't think, in our, because I'm not happy handling gloves, no, particularly with COVID, yeah. um, but we can certainly signpost people from our group um, to those that are taking them, because that's a very good point, point. Um, it alarms me how many of them end up on the ground, they don't even get to a bin, so stage one, let's get them into a bin, stage two, if they can be recycled yeah let's let's go for it like i said Terracycle do have a scheme but it's not something you know bear in mind this is our own homes so we we're not going to be handling it um but it's a good point and there you go you see again you're going well what about this what about that and this is the kind of conversations we can then share our knowledge and learn from other people and get word out there of what options there are
0: and that's why we're doing this podcast yeah so tell me girls, where can people get in touch, where can they ask their questions, how can they get involved and
1: start recycling? So uh, Facebook is the place to go for us. Um, Our Facebook group is called TerraCycle East Belfast um, and it's uh, deliberately set up as a group as a little community so that people can ask and comment and whatever. Um, that's where you can see what we take, and that's where you can contact myself, I'm Susan, or Danielle, and see uh, where stuff goes. If you're not on Facebook, then probably the place to go is the TerraCycle UK website. It's a bit clunky and difficult to navigate, but there's a lot of information in there if you're prepared to burrow around and try and find it. Um, And if you're not in the East Belfast area, then it's a good place to go to try and find a local collector. Um, there's a fantastic network of people out there you know we're relatively small scale but there's people out there that are, are sending you know, hundreds of kilos of recycling on an alarmingly regular basis I don't know where they find the time but it's definitely worth looking into you will find somebody nearby if you're in the UK and Ireland and TerraCycle is a global organisation so there are options out there the
0: different schemes that you guys operate with so you always announce them on the group, and is it does it does it change, or do do you pick up regularly different schemes that people can get
1: involved with? So the idea was that we would have crisps all the time, and then a bonus box that changes every week. We're now up to two bonus boxes every week, and we still haven't got through all the schemes. There's that many of them, and they're they're very. Some of them are very broad. So confectionery is pretty broad. It can you know so long as it's kind of sugar related it can go in there um and some of them are really specific um so we're working our way through this stuff and the idea is that they'll cycle round and cycle round, so that people can store in their house and they know that okay we haven't had um a pet food recycling one for a while so we know that's going to be coming up soon and as soon as they see it then people are starting to message in and, and drop stuff off
0: Oh, so they come up regularly over and over again.
1: Mm -hmm. And you
0: would have the the bonus boxes would change every week?
1: Yeah, that's what we're doing at the moment. Um, And it seems to work. You know, we're getting somewhere between three and seven dropped offs every week. And like I said, the past fortnight, I think we've had something every day. So it's. We need a
2: minimum amount to send away.
1: So, like for both the
2: crisps and the confectionery, it's eight kilograms minimum before we can send it. So, if we're getting close, we might sneak it in just so that we can because it takes up quite a lot of space um, even when you've compacted it so if we're getting close to something we might stick an extra one in just to try and get those last few bits so we can send a box away because as soon as they're away they are being recycled within a usually within 10 days even in the current times i get the email to say we've got your parcel It's being recycled so it's um sometimes you'll see an extra one if we need a, a last kilo of something There'll be an extra bonus box thrown out <laughs> to say please give us anything you can find so
1: we can get another box away. That's what's happened with our LOL stuff. We had nearly the minimum weight. Yes, yeah, so I and then, <laughs> then we put out our bonus box this week and they haven't a clue what this stuff is. Like it's all little pink. Yeah. Lots of little pink toys. <laughs> but it seems to come in a mountain of packaging. So and I've been astounded. People have been storing this up knowing that it's coming. Um, so yeah, we've had a couple of drop-offs already of the LOL packaging and there's a couple more scheduled. So we will hit our minimum weight. So next week we will be parceling that up. We will be sending it off. It will be recycled in within a fortnight.
2: That's when good. the feeling that you've really done it, it's when you put that bit of tape, you stick the sticker and depending on how time's whether you drop it down to be shipped away or the guy comes and kicks it off the front doorstep. But it's that feeling it's that photo of look look I did another box. It's that's the best bit of the whole thing. It's you know that between you and all your community, this little box is not in landfill. It's not gone to the black bins. It's not. I don't even know. I dread to think where it goes after it's left my house. But I know that that little small amount has gone to be reused somewhere. When even just six months ago, that would have been in a bin somewhere.
0: You're definitely doing. A wonderful job and I know you said you didn't want to think about it but could you tell me roughly how many hours a week you dedicate to this because it sounds like you're doing an awful lot and and I don't even want to think how many hours you dedicated before lockdown when you were separating all of that stuff but how much time does this cost you every week
1: it's a good question Um, it's probably a couple of hours at the moment and for me personally the biggest time is on Facebook so whereas before lockdown the biggest time would have been sitting in my garage sifting through crisp packets now because people are separating we literally are tipping a box into a box compacting it down tipping another box in etc etc so the most of my time is spent on Facebook either answering questions or telling people what the new schemes are um, arranging drop-offs so my Facebook Messenger is just a stream of people. It's trying to find people that I actually know versus people that I've only seen through the internet. Um, but that's where my time goes. Before I got involved, Danielle didn't use Facebook and her big stuff was taking things off school parents, real-life people that she actually knew. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure my people are real-life people, but a lot of them I don't know. Um, but they, they turn up regardless, and they drop off, and it's it's kind of cool.
2: Yeah, so my time is spent, so when it comes into us, it still has to be compacted. And unfortunately, the quickest way to do that is to pack inside each thing. like a bit like Russian dolls, get as many crisp packets in a crisp packet. And then if there's a little tiny space and the box is on the verge of exploding, get a few more in just in case, because the more you can <laughs> get in... <laughs> oh, you'd be amazed what I can do with parcel tape nowadays to keep a box sealed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we actually had an appeal out for parcel tape at one point because we'd gone through every roll we could find between our two houses. So it was amazing. People gave us so much. It was brilliant, all those little half rolls that they were never going to use. So we're even u- reusing that for them too. <laughs> but um, it's for me, it's a couple of hours usually just doing that. But my husband's very good and helps. My children try to help. So... They they do they do want to help they they quite enjoy but they usually go away asking for crisp and sweet. so, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't mean, know why they're, they're really recyclable. susceptible <laughs> yeah they're really susceptible to seeing the packaging and wanting it Whereas I think me and Susan are past that point I, I think it was a point where we were possibly sick of the sight of sweet wrappers.
0: Um, shortly after Christmas
1: last year, I still do eat quite a few, like I'm not going to lie. Yeah, but
0: <laughs> Did you say the last time we were talking that you can um, recycle chocolate wrappers?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's a really bad thing for me to know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so the confectionery scheme is pretty broad. Pretty much if it's made of plastic and it held chocolate or sweets, pretty much we can take it. The only exception being... Big exception being Quality Street, which is a shame because on the advertising they put Quality Street all over it, but we don't actually take them. Quality uh, Street
2: are supposedly compostable,
1: but again, but they're, they're not. It's come out that they're not. They're they not want in them your own be. home bin. Not even in general, they they're not. They don't go brown bin even. No. Say green washing. Gotta watch for it. Oops, I left a load in my um, sister-in-law's
2: farm for composting. <laughs> <laughs> no, You'll know for the next time. Uh, there might be a little surprises in the carrots. <laughs> <laughs> you have to find a different use for them. Stained like glass a- windows. Yeah, arts and crafts. That's what they were used for when we were children.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> you remember <laughs> find that? <now?
0: laughs> find a way to make like a doll dresses with
1: quality street wrappers or something. Or don't buy them. And what's more than that, yes. tell Nestle, I'm not buying your product because of the way it's packaged. And that's another way to... I think actually this
0: is a great message mm-hmm. to, to get out. If Because if enough people do it, yeah. and it starts impacting the company financially because people yeah. will not buy product. The thing is, how many people will actually not buy product because... You know, I I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe
1: I'm just too pessimistic no. when it comes to this. <laughs> no, and you know, Nestle probably don't read all their emails from from customers. I'm gonna guess.
0: So they're <laughs> the ones who sponsor
1: the scheme. Yeah, they do sponsor the scheme. They sponsor so they the, the scheme for like the confectionery. <laughs>
0: sponsor. Hang on. So this company sponsors the scheme for recycling confectionery, while their own re- wrapping is not recyclable. Yeah.
2: Yeah, for that one product. Yeah.
0: Oh, so other products from the company are recycled? Yeah, just that one okay. product. Sort
1: yeah. your stuff, Nestle, seriously. Yeah. They <laughs> <laughs> do. So, I mean, I, I really don't have a lot of time for Nestle. Sorry, Nestle. But if they're going to sponsor this scheme and it means that we can recycle through it, then happy days, I'll take that. Um, same but
0: I think, like, my thinking is if you're going to do something, do it properly. I mean, it, it, it's great that, that some of them, hopefully, most of their packaging is recyclable, but why not go all the way? I mean, and this is like probably, this is bound to be one of their most popular
1: products. It's a, it's a bit of a mystery. So, their initial advertising came out and said that Quality Street was compostable. So, if you, being quite the connoisseur of little chocolates, Quality Street wrappers have a plasticky bit and they have a foil bit. So the foil bit can go with your council recycling, just bunch it all together and it can go into the the normal recycling. And I think the idea was that they would make the the plasticky bit out of compostable packaging, but somewhere along the line, it isn't compostable and they've had to come back and say, actually, no, it's not. Um, they do say they want to get to that, but it's not there yet. Well, I guess,
0: It takes a long time to develop something out, but to be fair to Nestlé and any other company, I I do think that it takes a lot of research and a lot of... There is compostable packaging already out there, and some mainly small businesses would be using it. But again, it's probably industrial composting rather than household composting. So you probably can chuck it into your groundwood because all of that goes into industrial composter. Uh, you wouldn't want to put it in your back garden yeah <laughs> exactly. your compost heap. but at least that's a start. But to make something fully compostable, something that you can actually go and chuck into your um, garden composter, that's gonna take years of research and, and uh, trial and error, I'd say. So to be fair to all these companies and um, I believe they are trying. and um, let's face it, all of this development of doing the right thing is costing a lot of money. Um, so, I, mean, I, I guess we need to be there. <laughs> sorted, Nestle. But I understand it takes—I
1: understand it takes time. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But it's even just having the conversation about it. It starts that wee train of thought about, okay, what about this, what about that? And then you start to think, well, do I really need to buy the tub of sweets at Christmas with all the wee individual wrappers on it? Just make your own sweets, or do, no wrappers. Yeah, make your own or buy a big bag if it's just for your family, a big bag that isn't individually wrapped. It just starts you thinking about, okay, well, how can I get round this and still get my chocolate? If you're still, you know, if you still want the product, how can you get it with a little bit less impact? And this is another thing, we're getting into a lifestyle. And I think that's the
0: last thing maybe um, we might have time for. Uh, because I don't want to keep you forever and ever. We can talk about this and have around for days and days.
1: Also, you brought me cake and I have to eat that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good point. Um, you know there's tomorrow. You don't have to eat the cake today, like, you know. <laughs> you know season, yeah? <laughs> disregard that comment. Yeah, I forgot it's chocolate.
2: <laughs>
0: um, but we're getting into lifestyle choices here and mm. I think there are many aspects of life where there is a choice we can make to get around to using packaging. I mean for me personally for years it has been food so we minimize the food that we buy in supermarkets that's packaged and we shop at a farm. Mm-hmm. So and I, I love that the farm now so we when you do click and collect with Helen's Base where I shop. Um, with click and collect, they even started putting individual vegetables into individual bags. Even though they use, they started using uh, a while back. They started using compostable bags. You know the ones that you use for your brown bin. Um, but they would some of the things like kale and you know chard would go into these um, reuse. Well, I reuse them um, sort of plastic bags to to keep fresh. Mm-hmm. But now they started recently they realize that actually they can just put the veg loose into your click-and-collect cardboard box and that way you can come to the farm, you can collect your vegetables and you can either grab the cardboard box and then bring it back next time to use it to collect your vegetables or you can simply transfer your veg into your own bag so they can use the cardboard box for another batch of vegetables for you next week which is fantastic because that completely no packaging at all, and this yep. is brilliant and mm-hmm. so that's one way of doing it. but you know you mentioned the chocolates, yeah just make a different choice for chocolate or any other sweets if if you can and or simply make your own. I mean that would be my personal preference because at least you know what goes in, what goes into it anyway, but I guess there are ways like that. there are ways in our life where we can completely work around packaging. Do do you have any any tips with any specific areas of life where people could completely avoid packaging or go for a better choice?
1: Personally it's hard because I don't want to push what my choice is on someone else. I think someone else has to come to it themselves. But I was talking to somebody recently um, who's just hooked in with us It's a business, a local business that uh, supplies local products, locally Northern Ireland-made products. Seagulls are coming home to roost. Um, There's local products. The idea is that supporting local people, supporting ethical producers, low food miles, and ideally minimal packaging. But one of the things they supply is crisps. And the reason they partner with us Is because they ask people to return their crisp packets to them and then they gather them up and bring them to us. So that has already happened. There's over a hundred of our crisp packets have come from this one business encouraging their customers to give back. Which is their choice and they've, you know, it's really good that they've done that. Now it's about, I think they said it's about a quarter of what they sell they get back. Which isn't bad and also shows that there's more scope. But they've had some people come to them and say, well why are you even selling crisps? You know, you know that this stuff is challenging to recycle. It's also not necessarily the healthiest food, so why are you even selling it? Which, okay, you can ask, but my point is you don't have to buy it. So they're selling it because it's a local product and they know they can, to some extent, close the loop on recycling the, the packaging of it and there's demand for it. No one's forcing the customers to buy it, so I think... To, make, to my point of view, it's stopping and thinking a little bit more about your own choices. No one's going to force you to change, and in fact if you try and force someone to change often they'll just push back and go, no. Um, but look at what you're buying, but also look at what you're throwing out. So whether that's food waste, because you had to buy a big bag of lettuce and you were never going to get through that in a week. Um, or whether that's looking at your crisp packets in the bin and having this little light bulb moment where you can recycle them because you live locally in East Belfast or you know somebody that does and you can get them through. It's those little steps, I think, that is what works for me. So I would encourage other people to try and take those. And I think this is actually a great
0: um, example of how businesses can take charge of their own. Waste that they actually produce, um, and it would be really great if other businesses followed and started recycling and accepting the packaging that they provide the customers. If it is necessary for you to sell something that needs to be packaged, then why not find a way to recycle it, partner yep. with someone and help your customers recycle it, yeah so it doesn't end up on a landfill, that's actually a really, really great point. So if there is anybody who owns a business, whatever it may be, whatever industry you may be into, and you think you could help with this, I think this is a great way to just find a scheme partner with someone and help your customers recycle, because I think this is a, this could be a huge nationwide, because you can only cover your local community. And anybody else who's doing this in their own community, it's just living community, but businesses can cover nationwide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is incredible.
1: No, big step, And it's it's these little steps. Like someone has said to me, why do you even bother? You know, you, you're not going to change the world by doing this. I'm not trying to change the world. I'm trying to take a little change in yeah. the corner of the world that we live in and have some kind of positive influence, which I think we are doing. We're changing the way our children think.
2: So when I reported back to the school, I said this is a P1, a P2 and a P3 child. That's the equivalent of them not being put in landfill. And the children
1: understand that. Weight-wise, just to be clear, you're yeah, not actually wise, putting so children I, in landfill.
2: Not yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, weight-wise. So I had to put it in something they understood. So you lined up the three children. It's like this: the weight of these three children is what you have helped to save. Apparently they have something to say yeah. too. Yeah, it's about to they're be very vocal. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's being able to get the children because they're going to be running the businesses of the future and if they've seen this happening, that will become normal and as soon as it ideally refuse to use it to start with, but if it's there, recycle it. But make it that make it that that's the normal, that we don't see more for collecting crisp packets and being excited for saving a hundred kilograms from landfill. Make it that it's normal everyone's excited by it that that's just it's a small step but it's a doable step.
1: Baby steps to bigger changes. Yep. You nearly stole someone's catchphrase there but you didn't quite. Did I? <laughs> 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 nearly stole Scott's. <laughs> oh really?
0: Yeah. Oh my god, yes, of course. <laughs> See? That's subconsciously yep. <laughs> <laughs> he's influencing us all. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so to conclude this so we know where to contact you we know what the process is and this is amazing and I have one last question for you yes. and this is something that I ask everybody because this podcast is not just about health well it is about health and food so ladies with all this recycling and your community work going on and I, I know we're sitting in your garden and I can see that it, you're growing a lot of veg and um, and Danielle, you you have kids and, and I know you, you cook a lot from yeah. scratch to feed your children good food. So guys, what do you like to eat? Do you have... Um, you eat a lot of veg. Do you have a favourite vegetable? And do you have a recipe that you could share with us?
2: Um, broccoli. We eat a lot of broccoli in our house. Um, it's just one of those things that... I think it's... Um, I like the fact it's got the calcium and the iron, which... And probably generally lacking through most other things and it's one thing that I can um, get the children to eat but we tend to just put it on the side of most meals.
0: <laughs> Your children eat broccoli?
2: Yes and they'll only eat carrot if it's raw but that might have something to do with a small dog they know <laughs> um, <laughs> you have
0: wonderful kids. So many kids don't like broccoli. I was one of them. I hated broccoli. They won't eat a lot
2: else, but they'll eat broccoli, some carrots. Um, but They don't They don't eat a big variety, but what they do eat. They they prefer a lot of it raw, actually, to be honest, like peppers. Once I cook them, they won't touch them, they'll eat them more. Carrots, they'll eat them more,
0: not cooked. And so broccoli, if you eat a lot of broccoli, do you have a specific way of making broccoli? Do you have any recipes with broccoli or do you just make I it? I just steam it
2: and put it on the side of most meals. So if there's potato, there's broccoli.
0: It is. I love broccoli as well. It's just just simple. Yeah. Just simple, like most vegetables actually. Like cabbage is another one. You don't need to do enough a lot with cabbage. Just steam it, put a wee bit of salt and olive oil and there you go. It's awesome.
2: <laughs> I just, I like the plates being colourful. Yeah, we have um, we do have beige dinner nights. I mean, like if it's a late night and there's waffles, that's what we'll go. But just even just a handful of peas or a bit of broccoli, raw red pepper—it's just a little bit of colour that I know
1: that that's the healthy bit, the colourful bit. Yeah, eating the
0: rainbow. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's in general
1: I'm a really good guy. What about you, Susan? So the most popular veg in this house is definitely carrots. So, just to explain what happened before before we started recording. <laughs> oh okay, yeah, you harvested an <laughs> awful lot of carrots. So I tried. very good-looking carrots. Yeah, they actually. were good carrots, right? <laughs> um, so the slugs have started to attack the carrots. So I decided to root all those up while we were here. But my wee dog, whose fan club is uh, Danielle's children. My wee dog loves raw carrot. As we saw. Yeah, <laughs> she stole one. <laughs> so she stole <laughs> the carrots while we are busy harvesting. But we gave her that because she's only a tiny wee dog. Like, she's only seven point something kilos. If we fed her dog treats all day, every day, she'd be the size of a house. There's no way around it. So anyway, someone told us carrots. So that's, carrots is what she gets and she loves them. So that's what, um, it took us a while to get started recording because we couldn't, had to wait for the dog to finish her carrot there was no way we were getting that back over
0: are you sure she's a dog and not a rabbit
1: (laughs) no definitely she's just not right in the head but she does and yeah so carrots is definitely our biggest purchase here but um my kind of go-to recipe is a Sri Lankan curry which has butternut squash in and red peppers in and coconut milk in and loads of spices and it's easy and you can make a massive batch of it and freeze it so it's one of those dinners that whenever you don't particularly have time you can just go to it and it's really warm and really spicy and yeah love it oh that sounds awesome
0: and i know you mentioned that before it's uh did you say it's deliciously ella recipe yeah will you send me a link to it so i can share with our listeners just pop the link in and they can they can follow up because it's absolutely Sri Lankan curry you can never you can never go wrong with curry in my opinion And the beautiful thing about curries is that they're so forgiving. Like, anything goes. As long as you have the spices right, you have the sort of the amounts of things, coconut milk specifically, right, you can just, like, any vegetables pretty much.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I'm all for simple things. So, yeah, definitely.
0: Sounds amazing. Well, thank you very much, ladies. Thanks for the chat. Second time. (laughs) (laughs) Nice talking to you. And, um... I hope that we will get a lot more people recycling through your scheme, and I'm finally going to have a look at your Facebook page, and I'm starting with highlighters next week as well. You'll be so ah, yeah. proud of
1: it. Excellent. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you so much. Cheers. You.
0: If you would like to get involved with TerraCycle East Belfast, you can just join the Facebook group to find out more, and if you'd like to start your own recycling collection point within your own community, you can visit the TerraCycle website at terracycle.co.uk to get started now it's terracycle with double r -R -R t-e-r-r-a-c-y-c-l-e.co.uk i have just joined the group and i look forward to getting properly stuck in and already i'm really amazed at the things i can start setting aside for recycling and the highlighters that girls mentioned was a great and pleasant surprise to me but I didn't realize that markers and pens can be recycled with it too. So that is simply awesome. And there are many other things that you find you have been throwing in the bin forever. Because our city councils don't recycle them. But he can actually set them aside. So definitely check it out. It is worth it. It will definitely help you keep your bin emptier. Going back to the topic we normally talk about which is food. The recipe for this episode is Susan's favorite Deliciously Ella Sri Lankan curry. And you can find a cooking video for it on YouTube on Deliciously Ella's channel. And the fully detailed recipe can be found on her publisher's website yellowkitebooks.co.uk The full link will be shared on our social media so look out for it. Susan puts carrots in it and it sounds amazing and as someone who appreciates a good curry I'm going to make Susan's version with carrots this week. Now we have some completely madly misshaped carrots growing on the farm so this is the perfect opportunity to use them. This is it for this episode Remember that all our guests' own recipes can be found on our Facebook group page in the file section in a handy and downloadable PDF format. And you can also find them on our Instagram with each episode post. And if you liked this or any other episode, please remember to rate us on iTunes or any other platform you use to listen to us. Have a lovely couple of weeks. Get recycling. Make some curry. And whatever you do... Please don't put your kids on a landfill. Stay healthy. Until next time. As every week, your host is myself, Susanna from the Sweet Spot. Music by Mark J. Adair and artwork by Gemma O'Hagan. Thank you for listening.